0: We, we, we are in for a really significant series, about to kick it off, and um, I just I just really want to encourage you right now, I know that it's so easy being online, we've been online for like 10, 11, 12, I don't even know, I've lost fingers, so I've lost count, but I've run out of fingers, I haven't lost any fingers, I've still got, I've still got like I've still got eight fingers and two thumbs, just check, but... It's, it's easy to get a little bit complacent. And I really believe that this series we're about to start this morning as a church is going to be significant. It's going to be significant for us as a community. It's going to be significant for you as a believer within that community. And it's going to be significant for the way in which you approach the life, the calling that you have been called to by God. And uh, I just want to just say to you, just right now, take a moment. I know, I know there was uh, some, some, you know, our production team working through some tech issues this morning, but uh, as we're going we're gonna to unpack something this morning, it's actually going to speak right into that. And my encouragement to you would be don't allow that moment to be a distraction for what God wants to say to you today. So it's going to take a moment because God says when we draw near to Him, He draws near to us. when we we make a conscious, intentional decision to to align ourselves, to to, to allow our physical selves to be aware of His spiritual presence. It takes a moment of intentionality. I know it's difficult. I know, like, my my amazing wife is at home. She's got three kids running around. Like, it's not always easy, but I just, my heart is that you would this morning just receive something from God. I believe He wants to speak something very, very powerful this morning. Just going to take a moment, It's going to take a moment right now, just allow our, our heart, our mind, just to align with what God's doing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I pray right now for peace over people's homes. Lord, I pray for peace over people's minds. now as we go and we open up your Word, I pray that there would be uh, just a moving of your Holy Spirit, the Spirit of revelation, bringing the, the Word to life in people. Father, I pray right now for every person watching, that they would know that you are with them right now, that your presence would just become real and tangible in the name of Jesus awesome well hope you're ready to go i'm ready and uh, i want you to open up your bible this morning uh, to one peter one peter it's near the back so you know if you don't have little tabs on the side like i do you need to like flick towards the back you could start from the back and flick in you might get there quicker but uh, one peter while you're looking for that i want to say welcome to everybody It is so good to have you with us this morning. Maybe you're visiting as in like kind of checking us out. It's a bit of a digital visit and uh, it's not the same as kind of going to a location, but uh, we still believe that there is a significance in gathering together in the online space. And so as a church, uh, we love that we can do this. We love that we can gather together. We know right now, right across our city, outside of our city, beyond our city, right in this moment, our community our collective body of Christ. We are together in the online space, uh, worshiping our God and getting ready to hear from His Word. And if you are with us this morning and you haven't been before or you haven't been in a long time, lockdown's kind of got you isolated, but you're back, I want to say welcome. It's so good to have you. And I know that you were earlier, I was watching on the chat, everyone's saying good morning to each other. But, you know, let's not stop. Let's continue to talk. Let's continue to, to connect in the chat this morning. I'm believing there's going to be some some or like kind of cool things that we unpacked this morning that we can talk about in the chat. So don't go quiet, church. All right. Don't go quiet. I want to see you in the chat because it helps me know that this is getting through to you, not just technically, but this is getting through to you, like in your heart. Amen. Uh, it help, helps me know that. So, 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 5 this morning. And uh, you know, we are kicking off a new series and it is titled, I love this title, it's titled, Know Your Enemy right? Like I just hear that and I immediately go back to the 90s and I got Rage Against the Machine playing in my mind and uh, I don't know about you, you might have listened to very different music to me growing up but uh, my 90s was like Rage Against the Machine, Incubus, Silver Chair. It was, uh, it was a good playlist. I hit up that playlist a bit this week and I was, I was getting so amped for this message but um, I was also listening to some worship which helped uh, get my spirit ready for this message. It wasn't just like a, it was just good for my mind, it was good for my heart too. But I couldn't resist, right? It's the October. 31st and it's a Sunday. I couldn't resist uh, launching a a series about uh, getting an awareness of the enemy that we have on Halloween Sunday, right? Like I'm not against Halloween. I'm not like into it either really, to be honest. It's a bit of a non-event for me, but it was just a really cool little thing. I'm like, I'm going to use that. We're going to do that. It's going to be fun. And um, You see, the truth is that we often forget that we as Christians, as believers, we are in a spiritual battle, right? We talk so often about uh, the the amazing, wonderful elements of the spiritual realm, Holy Spirit, God Himself, right? Jesus, our our Lord, our Savior, His blessings, our forgiveness. Ah, it's amazing. It's all good. But if we're not careful, we won't, we won't spend the 1% of time that maybe it's, it's worth spending to remind ourselves, not to concentrate on, not to celebrate, but to remind ourselves that actually there is also an enemy uh, that, that exists. And he is, he, is, he is out to disrupt. He is out to, the Bible says, he is out actually to destroy. And we, it's really important that we spend uh, one moment uh, just, just uh, re our awareness, and that's, and that's what our scripture talks about this morning, our awareness of our enemy. Uh, so we're going to start in 1 Peter, chapter five we're going to start in verse eight we're going to read two verses of scripture this is actually going to be our series scripture okay we're going to be using lots of other scripture along the way but this one is our series scripture so if you want to camp on it for a little while you do that says this in 1 peter 5 verse 8 it says stay alert stay alert humble oh yeah that's verse six stay alert watch out for your great enemy the devil He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour right great great imagery there stand firm against him and be strong in your faith remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are now we can contextualize that and we often do with scripture and we're like oh we're we're talking about like the, the the whole season of suffering we've been through it's been around the world but but let's let's just this morning, let's not get too stuck in our immediate context, okay? Let's remember Peter wasn't writing this into a global pandemic, all right? Peter was writing this into a, a, a context that the believers were in, there was a spiritual, the same spiritual warfare was going on then that is now, okay? So, so let's not... Let's not minimise this and let's not, let's not shrink it down into one immediate context. Let's remember that it was written from, from Peter to the believers and then pull out what, what actually that then means to us now. All right? It's really important that we do that correctly with Scripture. So I, just get, I know I've already prayed, but I'm just going to pray one more time this morning for everyone after we've read that Scripture. I'm just going to pray, Lord, this morning wake us up. Wake us up to what is really going on in the Spirit. Wake us up to your Holy Spirit, His goodness, His power, His freedom. But Lord, let us not be ignorant and let us not be asleep to the way the enemy would try to be at work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, short, sharp prayer. There you go. I... Um, a confession time right sometimes on a sunday morning i will get up and uh, and i will put on soccer from the night before right my my my, my uh, overseas team man united if they play saturday night it's like one of the first things i want to i want to go and watch the replay see what happened it was amazing this morning. Spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it it, 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 it was much better than last week. I don't talk about last week, right? Uh, we don't we don't dwell on the past, but we look forward to what lies ahead and, um, and much better things like Hefman United. But but this morning they won. It was great and uh, I just if you if you have got Gary O'Dell's phone number, please just he he needs uh, some encouragement this morning. It was I think it might have been a rough morning for him. But I love, I love soccer. I played soccer for almost 20 years growing up and um, obviously wasn't that good because I never really made it anywhere, but I loved playing and loved uh, the, the, the team element, loved the team element of playing soccer. And something that, something that I picked up as I started to kind of play up a few grades uh, was the way, how important it was to listen to my teammates uh, so that I grew in my awareness of what was happening in the game, right? Now, now I kind of played a lot of positions but towards the later years I really kind of became a a right back that was my position loved it Uh, played with a lot more heart than I did skill so I was great going in for a tackle Uh, I wasn't slow so I could take the ball uh, up the the field and and, and start the counter-attack and stuff but being a right back um, there were uh, specific roles that I had when it came to things like corners or the opposition's counter-attack and it was really important because sometimes you'll be say running and you have your eye on the ball and what you won't see is what's happening behind you. What you won't see is the other winger that's running down the field who's a little bit faster than you is running behind you and if you don't have a teammate who's yelling at you like watch your back like someone's coming down you know watch your back or another another classic example is you're playing against a striker and they're left footed right which is an anomaly okay not having to go but there's left left less left-footed players and right-footed players and so you learn to play against right-footed players and so a left-footed player they have a natural advantage against you because you don't come with an initial awareness right like you're not thinking I've got to watch their left foot right so as a as a, as a defender you're watching the ball and you're watching a player's right foot thinking I got to watch what they're doing with that they're going to try to go onto that they're going to try to get the cross or the shot with their right foot so I'm going to bl- I'm going to lean that way and block that way. and I remember I remember one game specifically in my mind it was I think it was like a semi-final or something and and I remember the subs on the bench and our coach on the bench like screaming at me every time this this one player got the ball because they're screaming at me because he's a left footer right? And they're like, left foot, remember he's got left foot, like yelling. But it was important. I needed that because I needed the reminder to not lean to block his right foot, but to lean over the other side and block his left. Otherwise, he would go around me every single time. And, and it was imperative that we had those, those other teammates or the coach or the subs on the bench, right, who were there to remind us of the things that we needed to be aware of that the opposition was going to try to use to get around us and to score. And you know, I think about Peter and I'm like, Peter is doing exactly the same thing to us as a body of believers. He's like the coach on the sideline or the teammate who's yelling at you in the corner because you don't realise one of their players has snuck around behind you and he's not getting marked and and the coach is yelling at you to to look behind you and Peter is yelling at us. He's like, oi, stay alert, look around. Right, like watch your back, because there is an enemy, and you know the reason he has to do that is because we are as 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 believers, we are we are so prone, we are so prone to dropping our awareness of the enemy. We chalk stuff up to up to other things all the time, coincidence, I have a bad day, all sorts of things. In fact, in fact, the enemy has 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 learned humanity so well. That, that he makes us think that what's him is actually us. And if he, can, if he can make us believe that what he's doing in our lives is just us and just who we are, then he has already won because we aren't even going to be aware that he is operating and active in our lives to the point where we might actually do what Peter says and stand firm against him. No, we just accept it as normal. And one of the greatest deceptions the enemy plays in our lives is to convince us that, that what is actually his, his division or his distraction is just normal. And if we think it's normal, we do nothing about it. We allow it. We let it happen. We let it continue. We let it hang around. We let it stay. We don't deal with those things in our minds. We, do, we don't We do deal with the, the attitudes. We, don't, we just think it's us. And if we just think it's us and we're not alert to what the enemy is doing, Oh, I tell ya, we gotta we gotta wake up and realize that he is way more active in the lives of believers than we want to give him credit for. And you know, I'm not I'm not really talking about like the enemy gave you a bad tire, flat tire, right? No, it's probably because you didn't clean up from where you were building the thing in your in your driveway and you drove over a nail, right? Like like the enemy the enemy is not the one that that caused me to get bogged on Redhead Beach the other day. It was because I took a car that yeah wasn't suitable to the terrain. In there, and, and I wanna, I wanna, if I can, I just want to go through verse eight for a second. And I want to pull out a few things because I, I think one of the other ways that the enemy works in our lives is he convinces us that he does things that he doesn't, and therefore we don't think he does the things that he does. Okay, so so it's one classic example, right? You know, back 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 in the '90s when I was listening to Rage Against the Machine, preachers are like, preachers preachers would be like, the enemy's in our technology, right? I don't know if you ever heard stuff like that, right? Right, and this morning when we're having tech issues, people are like, oh, it's the enemy. No, the enemy is using that as a distraction in you so that you log off and go on Instagram okay? The enemy is, is working in your mind to get you discouraged about the fact that the feed's not working. The enemy is not disrupting the feed, okay? The enemy doesn't have that much power and authority to get into the code, right? Like, we we got to see what, where, the, where the enemy works. The enemy works in your mind to bring distraction, discouragement, despair. The enemy is at work that the moment something doesn't go to plan on you, you get so worked up that then you can't, you can't actually receive what God had for you this morning, we got some people that have not returned to our service right now because the feed didn't work for five minutes. And it's not the enemy that, that, that was in the feed. It was the enemy that was in up here telling them that, oh, well, it's not worth it. That's oh, it's not worth it. It's just online. It's not worth it. It's just online. Don't worry about going to church today. It's just online. Whoo! I don't know if you can feel the atmosphere that I'm feeling in here, but it's like, oh! It's hard. Verse 8, before I get too carried away, says, stay alert. We we have got to have an awareness. We cannot live as ignorant believers. We cannot live as ignorant believers, right? We cannot live as ignorant in, in terms of truth, but we also cannot live as ignorant as what is false in our lives, right? We cannot be aware of, of, of the left foot, right? We cannot be unaware of, 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 of the, the, the person that's got around your back at the corner, at the set piece, of the free kick. We cannot be unaware, right? We have we cannot go to sleep spiritually in our lives uh, because, because what we do is we approach life and all we care about is the physical and all we think about is the physical. And if we're not careful, we're so concerned with paychecks and promotions and, and we're so concerned with personal feeling and, and we're so concerned with the personal person pursuit of of, of achievement and all sorts of things, that we are actually so asleep to the spiritual that we wouldn't know if God had called us or if it was coincidence that we got the job. And the issue with that is that we now don't know if it's the enemy that's causing us to want to leave that job or if if it's just ourselves, right? We cannot differentiate between what the spirit world is doing in our world and what we are just experiencing as a result of the physical things that we've pursued. And so we need to not be ignorant. We need to stay alert. We need to watch out. We need to actually be aware that number one, there is an enemy, right? We have to remind ourselves of His reality. One of my favourite prayers is, God, I thank you that you are real, right? It was a, I'm not going to go into the whole story of it, but that was so, it was a powerful revelation for me at one point in my life that actually God really was real. He really was. And, uh, and the thing is, so is the devil, And I think sometimes we want to chalk him up as kind of like, well, it's not really real. No, no, no. He's really real. And we need to be aware of that. Because if we're not then we will not guard ourselves, protect ourselves, uh, secure ourselves, okay? We won't live in such a way that, that, that we're aware of the potential, uh, the, you know, danger. Not wanting to, to bring fear here right now, but, but just not, we won't live aware. And so we won't do what's necessary to protect and secure ourselves. <clears throat> Excuse me. It says here, your great enemy, the devil, right? Your, your enemy, Let's remember that the enemy, the, the devil here is not just God's enemy. But the moment at which we receive the free gift of forgiveness in our lives, he becomes, becomes our enemy. He, he's, now, he's now against us. He's now, he's now pursuing us. He's now out to, to bring that, that, that opposite of what Christ is trying to bring, where Christ is trying to bring life and life to the fullest. The enemy is like, I want to bring destruction. I wanna I wanna I wanna to try to disrupt and destruct and bring low and bring despair. I want to try to bring those things into people's lives. And he's not just your enemy individually, he's our enemy collectively. Okay? And and, and and so it's important that that we realize that and we recognize that that the enemy is not just against us as individuals, he's against us as a collective. He's against us as the body of Christ. Okay? Um, and his reality should prompt us to have an awareness. The fact that He's real and against us should mean that at least those two things keep us in a place of awareness to His schemes and to the fact that He might want to be trying to disrupt, discourage, and end up destroying certain aspects of your life. All right, third thing to point out of this Scripture as we go through, it says, He prowls around like Like, that's such an important word in this scripture, like a roaring lion. Do you know why? Uh, Because he's not a roaring lion, right? It says that Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah, okay? The enemy is not a lion. He is not powerful. He is not like the king of beasts. He is not, no, no, no. He is like, he is prowling like a lion because that's the best he can do. Okay, the best he can do is facade. The best he can do is fake. The best he can do is counterfeit. The best he can do is try and copy so as to confuse you into believing, okay? His whole premise is illusion. His whole premise is deception, okay? And so he's never going to actually be a lion, which means he's never going to actually be something that we should have fear of. And that's really important because all he has is the illusion Of being a lion. Okay, all he has is the deception of being a lion. Okay, but Peter's using this imagery, okay, to demonstrate something. He's using this image, imagery so that we get a picture in our minds of, of the David Attenborough, right, documentary, right, where the is. Pr- I'm not going to do the voice, where he's, the lion's prowling through like the tall grass, you know, spotting out the prey and he's kind of, he's, he's looking for, he's looking, i tell you what he's looking for, he's looking for the isolated, he's looking for the weak, He's looking for the, 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 the young, right? The lion is trying to break up the collective tribe, the herd. He's trying to break up the family. Well, I, don't know if, I don't know if you can see how much this relates, right? Where the enemy would try to get in and, and divide and bring division. Why? So that he can isolate. A lion is always trying to isolate one weak, one slightly younger, maybe one uh, uh, hurting little little animal from the tribe so that the lion can go after that one can I tell you that Peter is using this imagery so that we get an understanding and an awareness of how the enemy is trying to act in not just us individually, but us collectively. The enemy is trying to bring division. He is trying to divide. He is trying to isolate. And he will use whatever circumstances exist in the world, right? Let's not, let's not think he caused something, but he will try to use something, okay? Let's not give him credit for the cause. Let's, not, let, let's, let's recognize that what he does is he uses what is already going on to, to work up here to isolate. So he's using our situation right now to isolate and to divide. And we need to be so aware of how he works because if we're not, we will allow the division and we will allow the isolation and we will allow certain people in our community to get left behind. We'll allow certain people who are hurting, maybe who are feeling weak at the moment, maybe those who are feeling isolated at the moment, right? He will He will cause us, Okay, to miss the fact that we're supposed to be looking out for them. And he will, he will allow them to get isolated. We're supposed to be keeping people close. Let's, remember like the elephants with their young, right? They like to surround. They like keep those young and weak and potentially easily isolated. They keep them close. Why? Because they know that the lion is going to go after. The one he wants to devour is the isolated, the weak. Okay, and so we need to be conscious and we need to respond in such a way that demonstrates that we're conscious right so if we're aware that's what he's going to do we're going to respond in the opposite and we're going to make sure that people don't get isolated at the moment we're going to make sure that certain situations and circumstances that we face as a reality in our society don't allow us to have division in the community that don't cause some people to get separated out because that is allowing the enemy to have his way Okay, and we need to be aware of his plans and aware of his schemes. Then it says, right, it goes on to say that who he looking for someone to devour. Can I tell you his end goal? He will use, he will use distraction. He will use deception. He will use division. But his end goal is is that he would devour the very life within us. That he would cause us to get to a place where, 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 where he would steal it, where he can kill it, where he can destroy the life within us, the hope the peace, the joy, right? And he, he, he wants to get us into a place of hopelessness, despair. He wants to get us into a place where, where we start thinking all sorts of things. And I don't know if anyone's watching this morning, or you, have thoughts going around in your head like, it's not worth it, I don't want to go on. There's nothing left for me here. You're in such a place of hopelessness and despair that you are considering. taking, taking your own life because you don't see any value on it anymore. And I want to tell you right now that those thoughts, they are not your own. They are from the enemy of your soul and they are trying to cause you to cross a line. I'm telling you that there is a God in heaven who loves you and who has a purpose for your life, who values you so significantly that He asked His one and only Son to come to earth and die for you. And we need to recognize where the enemy works, that he works up here far more than he works out here. He is not interested in bringing bad situations along. Like he's not, he's not causing your shopping bag to, or your shopping to fall out. That's not the devil. The devil is working up here making you think that you're not valuable because that happened. He's not the one giving you car trouble. He's the one reminding you that this always happens and this is who you are. and So you think less of yourself. Because it happened. He's not the one that got you into financial difficulty, but He's the one that will try to cause you to label yourself with it. Can I tell you, He is after your identity. He is after your value. He is after your sense of purpose. He is after your hope. He is after your joy. He is after those things that resonate inside of you that cause you to have faith and belief. And He will use whatever is happening in the world around you now I'm not saying that there's not those occasions. I'm not saying there's not those occasions where He doesn't bring a sickness or a, a we, we read about it in Scripture where He's so so allowed a, a grip on someone's life that they need they need a moment of deliverance because he's causing such significant physical manifestations in someone's life. that They need a physical deliverance from the power of the enemy over there. I'm not saying that we, we ignore those and that they aren't real, but I'm saying that the majority of the time where the enemy is working in you and in me is up here. And we need, we need to be aware of that and we need to stand firm against that. You know, it's... it's, it's it's imperative, right? Like this morning, I'm all about awareness. We're gonna unpack a whole lot of stuff. This series is gonna be really, really powerful in, in helping you to combat, helping you to, to rise above, But. But this morning, we're about awareness, and I want to make you aware of something because if we don't know why the enemy is the way he is, then, then, then we lack a little bit of an understanding as to, to how to respond against him. And so, in this last little bit this morning, I just want, I want to give you an answer to why. why. Why is the enemy so against you? Why is the enemy out to steal, kill, and destroy? <clears throat> why is he like that? Where did he come from? Why is there even an enemy? Excuse me. So much of that is answered actually in having having some good history and context. Right? I love I love a good love a good James Bond uh, movie. Can't wait for no time to die to come out. Oh, I'm so pumped. Rachel and I are going on a date day, check it out. It's gonna be it's gonna be so good. But I gotta be honest, I'm I child of the 90s, born in the 80s, child of the 90s, golden eye, right? All-time best Nintendo game, hands down, fight me. But right Paintball mode, all the modes on, exceptional. I remember I remember Goldeneye, right? I remember starting out the story and, and you got this 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 particular villain, Alec, right? And um and you don't you don't realize so much about him, but as the story plays out you get his backstory. And you actually realize that he didn't used to be, he didn't used to be a villain, actually he used to be really he, he, he was a double O. He was tight. He was actually tight with James Bond. And he was on a mission with James Bond. And it was something that went wrong in that mission that, that caused him to, 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 to kind of turn and, and become villainous. And you know, they say no one hates like someone who loved. And and if we begin to understand a little bit of the backstory of, of the enemy and where it came from, we begin to understand why he is so out to destroy Christians. Because the enemy, you know get questions like this well did God create the enemy well no scripture tells us very clearly that when God looked over creation it was good and you know we don't all, we're not always uh, like given timelines in scripture sometimes we read into timelines that may or may not be there we're not sure right like but we're not always given timelines what we know is that there was one point at which creation was good and then at one point we realised that the enemy in the form of the serpent came and spoke to Eve right like if we go back to Genesis there's a moment God said oh creation's good and then we see that there was a serpent and and if we what we have to do is we have to dig into scripture a little bit more to realize well, what what occurred between those two moments because if we're not if we're not cautious we will attribute something to god that undermines his character which we need not to because if we attribute the creation of the enemy to god well then it we'll then his character as being all good and the only good can come from god and that all good things come from him and so what we have to understand is that actually god didn't create the enemy as bad he didn't create him as evil Okay, but something occurred between the moment creation was described as good and the moment that the enemy came in the form of a serpent to tempt Eve. And we pick up on some of these things is, is in Ezekiel. We pick up on it in Ezekiel. We pick up on it in Isaiah. We pick up on it actually in Luke. Okay, we pick up on it in Revelation. And, uh, and if you're interested, send me an email. I'll give you the exact Scriptures. But, but you know, in Ezekiel... In these, in these prophetic books, we get this, this kind of apocalyptic prophetic language that, that uses imagery of the heavenly spaces and the heavenly story to, to, to speak about things that are occurring on earth. Okay, and, and so we can read into some of this stuff that's occurring. Uh, and Ezekiel talks about the fact that you know, Lucifer, which was named Star of the Morning, and he starts talking about this incredible, amazing angel that was so beautiful. It, was this, it says that it has exquisite beauty and great wisdom. It was given a position of great power and influence. And actually it was called guardian cherub. Right, we get this. We begin to see you. Oh, okay. Actually, Luc- the enemy was, was magnificent. The enemy was stunning. The enemy was powerful. The enemy was, had authority in the heavenly realms. But we read in Isaiah, actually, that it was his pride that caused him to fall. He didn't wanna just be responsible for worshiping God, he wanted to be worshiped himself. It says that he wanted his throne to be above the throne of God, above the mountain of God, that, that actually he wanted God himself to worship Lucifer. It's kind of a big issue. And, um, and so there's this, there's this turning point. And we don't know where that generated from, but he wanted that. He got so focused on his own beauty uh, that he wanted to be worshipped. His pride caused him to desire his throne above the very throne of God. And it said that God at that point cast him out. And Jesus actually says to the Pharisees, this is the Luke bit. Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw him get cast out of heaven. And then when we read in Revelation, again, you know, this apocalyptic prophetic language, right? We're, we're talking, we, we come into this this imagery of this dragon, this dragon that's thrown from heaven that, that's tail swipes a third. And we begin to understand that it wasn't just the enemy that left and was thrown out of heaven, but actually that the enemy took a third of the angels with him. And so now we begin to understand how how how, how like his little demonic minions. You know, like sort not give them too much credit, right? Like we're, we, we we can stop them under our feet, but they're not they're not big and scary, but but they are real, and they're the ones that are chattering away in in, 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 in the recesses of your mind, trying to undermine truth and value. And as believers, it's imperative that we understand these things, that we understand His origin, where did He come from. We begin to realise why there's so much hatred and anger. Revelation tells us actually He's he's flatter, He's angry. He's angry. And and the other thing He is, He's on a short timeline. I don't know if you've ever driven behind or, or, or in front of someone who is angry and is running late. You want to get out of their way, right? Sometimes it's me, okay? I'm angry and I'm running late. Please get out of my way. I love you, but don't drive slow in front of me. But the enemy is angry and he is on a short timeline. His time to do destruction on this world is limited. And when someone has limited time, they operate at a very high level of output. And so we have got to be aware of his origin, of his character, of how he functions, and the fact that he is going to try very, very hard because He has very, very little time. Too often as believers, we live ignorant and oblivious lives to His reality and His purpose against us. And therefore we remain unaware. And when we remain unaware, we remain unprotected. And when we remain unprotected, He has a field day in our minds causing us to think all sorts of things that we just believe is ourselves and that's the way we think. And well, that must be me. He just plants thoughts. He just plants, and we're gonna talk more about that in the weeks to come, but but Peter is so clear. Listen, he's gonna bring distraction, deception, and destruction. He's gonna try to bring division, and you need to be aware that he is at work. You do not need to fear. Peter's response is not, be aware, be afraid. His response is, be aware, stand firm. Stand firm, be confident. Stand firm in your faith, stand up, be strong, be confident. Why? Because we're not trying to win the battle. (laughs) Here's the thing, we're not trying to win the battle. We stand firm in our faith. Faith of what? Faith that Christ has already won the victory for us. You know, sometimes we can misunderstand that and, and some of the, the fear comes into our lives that, well, well, I've got to defeat the enemy. No, you don't need to defeat the enemy. He's already defeated. What you need to do is be firm in that faith, that your faith in that destruction and that defeat that Jesus has brought over the enemy, your faith in that is firm. What is your? Where is your firmness right now? Is it in you or is it in Him? Because if your firmness is in your ability and your, your, your capacity and the fact that you can win this battle, your firmness is in the wrong place. Your firmness needs to be in your faith in what Christ has done, right? Because all of our weapons against the enemy are based in Him. They're based in Christ, right? They're based in who who Christ Jesus is, what He's done for us, and who I am in Him. I'm a new creation, not in me, in Christ, right? The old has has gone, the new has come in Christ. All of my sin is as far as the east is from the west, in Christ, right? It's my faith in Christ that brings the victory. So we cannot be ignorant. I'm sorry. I'm getting real carried away this morning. I I feel like I'm yelling. I don't mean to be yelling. I I feel like I've got the spirit of Peter to like wake you up a little bit, church. Wake you up because we can't journey through this season and into the next one ignorant of how the enemy will try to come against us as a people, as a collective, as individuals. We are not to fear. We are to be strong in faith. We are to be strong in love. We are not to live defeated, but victorious. It's a state we are before it is won. That we physically, all right? Like we've got to believe we're victorious before we begin to see victory in our lives. Some of you, some of you have been struggling with stuff. Like for years, and you wonder why you can't get victory over it the issue is not that you can't get victory. The issue is you don't believe you already are. You don't believe you're already victorious over it because, because you are judging your victory over the evidence of its reality still in your life. And the reality of it still in your life, it's, just, it's like a time-lapse, right? It's like a lag. We've got one here, right? I talk and 30 seconds later, I see me talk, okay? Um, and so if I respond to your comments slow, it's because it's because there's a lag. Sometimes there's a lag between our belief and its physical expression in our lives. And so we've got to believe we're victorious even if we don't immediately see its physical expression in our lives. We cannot allow that evidence to be the evidence at which we believe. No, our faith is the evidence, right? Hebrews tells us that. I can't, I can't get off track. I'll save that for another message now. Have you ever noticed? And I'm, I'm landing the plane. I promise. I got so I got so much to say on this. I cannot wait for the next couple of weeks. But if you, I, I love a good Armageddon movie, right? Not just Armageddon the movie, but a good Armageddon movie, like a good end of the world, like 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 2012, like give me a give me a good asteroid, give me a maybe not a global pandemic, it's a bit close to home right now, but like you know, give me a good end of the world movie. I love it. I just. Bring it on. But there's something, if you watch enough of them, there's something that you begin to see. You begin to see a difference, right? You begin to see a difference in approach to life between those who know what's coming and those who don't. Suddenly, suddenly, those who know what's coming do things differently, right? Like they, they begin to prioritise different things. They begin to live with a certain intensity, certain intentionality. Right, because they know, they're all they're they're aware an asteroid is coming in 13 days. So they're like, I'm going to make sure I'm to make sure that, like, I, I've had that forgiveness conversation with my spouse, right? Or like, I've got to make sure that, that I re, I repair that relationship, or I've got to make sure that my dad, who I haven't spoken to in in 30 years, like we repair that on the beach before the tidal wave comes and gets us, right? Deep impact. They live differently. They care about things differently and they live with an intentionality. And you watch those that are oblivious. They're just, just living. Just going through the motions day day after day, going to work, they're on the grind, trying to get the promotion, trying to fill the bank account. Those that know, they realize all those things are actually not what it's all about anymore. I just think sometimes we're just not aware. We just go through a day, day after day after day after day. We haven't given the enemy two seconds of thought that he might be trying to actually disrupt us. That he might actually be trying to sound a little bit like, like, like God in our lives. He might be twisting just a few things to sound a little bit like truth. Like, like, oh, he might be trying to di- distract you. He might be trying to disrupt you. We just aren't even aware. And I'm telling you right now, this is, this is my Peter call to our community to wake up. To wake up. To live with a, a, a spiritual awareness that both allows you to be so in tune with the Holy Spirit, but also aware that there is an enemy. I want to I close and I want to pray. I wanna pray for two groups of people this morning. The first group of people I wanna pray for are people who are struggling right now to stand firm in faith. This season has got to you. The enemy has, has used this season again in your mind to bring you down. And you're like, I'm just struggling to stand firm in my faith. I'm struggling. That's, like, that's kind of like one level. And then the second level, is where he keeps at you, like he's just relentless. He, the torment in our minds, the, the berating of thoughts that go through our minds, is the relentless bombarding of negativity, and 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 and, and he has got you at a place where you are, are you're in despair, you are hopeless, and you are low. He has beat you down in in in, in the place of your mind, and I am going to pray for you this morning. So if you're in one of those two groups,